everyone, Elodie here and welcome to a new episode of the Pint of Science podcast. Today is a new episode, PhD student in marine conservation biology, right? Yes, at um, King's College London in the Department of Geography. Perfect. And we also have Stephen Fay, uh, a health humanity researcher. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Elodie. Thanks so much for having us on to chat. Yeah, thank you for accepting to do this podcast. And you're in Surrey, right? That's right. Yeah. Health Humanities Researcher, a lecturer in Spanish as well, and a fellow of the Institute of People-Centered AI, all of those at the University of Surrey. Well, while you're still talking, Stephen, can you actually explain a bit uh, what you're working on? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm the PI on a storytelling-based creative Ooh. expression project for people with dementia. Yeah. And we started in Colombia, the first project, the first phase of this project. The country, right? Exactly. <laughs> Not the university. Mm -hmm. No, no, in the country, in the city of Medellin, that mm -hmm. was famous for all the wrong reasons, but now is a very beautiful city there in the middle of Colombia. And like I'm saying, this is a creative expression project. So we run, we, we ran weekly storytelling workshops and we were exploring if it could have an impact on the quality of life and psychological well-being of our participants who are all people with dementia. Wow, amazing. And you said you're a PI, so it's principal investigator. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I lead on that project. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. And you, Constance, what are you working on? So I'm uh, finishing my PhD. I'm due to submit in the next couple of months now. Um, uh oh. <laughs> um, and I, so I study marine protected areas um, mm -hmm. as a uh, biological conservation tool. Um, so marine protected areas are exactly what they sound like. They are areas that have been designated for the conservation of the marine environment, so species and habitats. And so I look at um, how effective they are in the Irish Sea as a case study, um, but also looking so. There's a natural science side of it. Um, so looking at, you know, uh, fish stocks and um, species and habitats. But there's also a human dimension as well. Um, mm -hmm. So I also consider um, governance and equity of um, of local stakeholders in, you know, in that holistic, uh, yeah, holistic view of, um, of marine conservation. So do I do a bit of both interdisciplinary, definitely. And actually, I have a question for both of you before we dig in in the Pint of Science experience. But what was your talk about uh, last year during Pint of Science, so in 2022? So, Constance, what, what was it about? So, mine was called, Is it the real science? Is it just fantasy? Um, <laughs> and it was an overview of marine protected areas um, in the UK and Ireland. Okay. And you, Stephen? Well, mine was, uh, if I remember rightly, it was called Creativity During COVID-19 because our project, we, we had this wonderful project all designed and ready to go. And we started in February 2020. And <laughs> as you can imagine, lockdown came along. So we had to make a full transition to online delivery, which we were terribly nervous about because this is not really a project or a participant group that you necessarily think of as As, as you know, having the kind of digital literacy levels to go online, but uh, it worked really, really well. We were able to transform a little project into a really long kind of creativity and communications lifeline. So basically, I, I mean, all I did was present what our participants had told us. So I was only a, a, a mouthpiece for our participants, yeah, who, who did all the hard work in that presentation. Amazing. So um, now we're going to dig in, in the your involvement in Pint of Science. So the first question is, how did you get involved? So what what happened? Did the team contacted you? Did you contacted the team? 
Yeah. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> and I actually was talking to my uh, pint of science colleagues who are running this year's event and ran last yeah. year's event. Um, because I was an event, I was an event manager um, as well as a speaker. Um, okay. When I was compiling the list of speakers to do a talk on marine conserv- uh, marine biology yeah. um, within the Our Planet theme, because the geography, yeah. geography department, I I don't know how and I don't know who it could have been one like one of my uh, colleagues who said, well, if you can't get all the speakers, why don't you do it? Um, you know, so I was put in as a placeholder in case I couldn't get all the speakers that we needed because okay. the people working on marine uh, environment within the geography department at King's is very, very small. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I was just kind of put forward either by myself or by somebody else. And none of us can just remember how <laughs> that happened. Um, but so I ended up having to, um, even though I was kind of organizing that event, I uh, stepped down as co-host and let my friend um, Andrew take over as as host. And so I was able to be a speaker. Amazing. And you, Stephen, how did it happen? I was definitely much more passive than Constance. I was simply sat there and the university uh, comms team yeah. reached out to all of us and they did it in a really good way. It was a, it was a good, it was effective call because they, they just, they, I think quite rightly so, they stressed that it was a wonderful platform to speak to the local, to a local audience, to the local public. Mm. They yeah. gave tes- testimonies from previous presenters And even they kind of made it clear that there was that it was science, but it was also pint, and that we were just going to let our hair down, and there, there need not be any nerves involved. So it was all really encouraging. Yeah, the idea is really to relax and and also talk to the public in a very different way that you would do during a conference. And also, um, maybe we can talk about that later. But often you have different questions that you would have during a conference. Uh, so Stefan, you didn't heard about Pint of Science before that email? I'd, I'd heard. I'd never taken part before. I had heard about it. My partner is a neuroscientist, so she's a bit more plugged oh, in okay. as a health humanities scholar. In previous institutions, Pint of Science calls just didn't reach humanities uh, sections, mm. which I think is a shame. I think it's great yeah. that, uh, that this time, certainly in the University of Surrey, it did. Yeah, so I'd heard about but not taken part. Okay, and you, Constance, so how did you end up organizing it? Because you're organizer and speaker at the same time. Uh, the, we have another episode where the organizer was an attendee before, you know, and then she became an organizer. It's funny how people are, you know, going from one role to another. Um, so I've, I've heard of Pine Science just by being, you know, a student uh, over yeah. the, the years. Um, and when, so I was on the, I was a student representative. And so we were organizing events for the department and, Um, it was kind of the same people always who were part of that event team. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's when, um, my colleague, Brandon, who was, um, he was head of like the events committee. He took over Pine of Science and was like, do you want to do this too? And, uh, all of a sudden we were all in this group chat on WhatsApp, you know, saying, <laughs> hey, we're plan Pine of Science. And I was like, this sounds great. Um, and Yeah, I was. I just really, I, I enjoy event planning and I enjoy science. And I thought, why not? <laughs> why not both? So what, what is the reason you participated? Uh, so Constance, you kind of told us already that, you know, it was to make sure you would have someone talking about marine conservation biology. Uh, but Stefan, why did you participate? Like, I think this time around, I'd only actually only just arrived at the University of Surrey in February yeah. 2022. So it seemed like a fantastic platform 
to to reach out to the local the local audiences, local population, but also I knew that colleagues from the university would go along too. So it was a more relaxed way to present myself to them as well. And also, I mean, in the work that I do, working with people with dementia, the interventions that we design and deliver are very much focused on trying to have an impact on Mm -hmm. the participants' quality of life. But all of our work really tries to make a contribution to fighting some of those stigmas around dementia. The idea, you know, all these stereotypes about deficit, decline, even disappearance of people with dementia. If I could, like I said, just give them, the participants, a platform and show the audience that the people that we worked with are more expressive, more resilient, more mindful than certainly I will ever be, then it was a, it could be a, pow- a powerful way to fight those stigmas. And you're talking again this year, right? I'm going to be, th- this year, I'm going to only be the MC at one event, oh, <laughs> which, I, good. which I, th- I think is the best of both worlds because I get the pint, I get to listen to the science, <laughs> but I, uh, I, don't, yeah, I, don't have to, I don't have to do that much work. Yeah. That good. And Constance, are you involved this year again? No, no, no. Um, I the the dates don't work out. I'm actually yeah. going to be in Scotland at the time, so unfortunately, I wasn't able to uh, participate. But I will plug at the end our event uh, for this year. So if anybody's in London wants to come by, um, yes. and we'll be taking away from your event, Stephen, because we're not geographically in the same area. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so how was your experience? How was your talk? Were you nervous? Were you you know what what happened? Do you have any anecdotes about the night? Um, Yeah, Constance, go for it. Um, well, I'd never done um, science communications for general audiences or non-specialist okay. audiences before Pine of Science. So I've done conferences like most PhDs yeah. have. And, you know, when you talk to your colleagues, even within the geography department, um, there are human geographers and physical yeah. geographers, but we're all kind of academics. So even if no, not everyone's sure 100% what you're talking about, they can kind of figure it out. Whereas like speaking to public who have absolutely no idea what you're talking about was um was a brand new experience and that's why I was actually really excited but extremely nervous to okay. do it. Um, and so I had prepared all my slides and I'd gone through my presentation and then I went over it with um one of my colleagues who, who is a human geographer and with my partner um who works in uh, in sport and so you know non non um, yeah. natural scientists and they were like take get rid of these graphs this data it's too yep. much it's you know you're you're drowning jargon. yeah too much jargon and i thought that were re- that was really helpful because to me i was like i've really simplified this <laughs> but i didn't yeah it was, you know um and so it was it was a really good learning experience because then um i'm also a gta and i i teach through the brilliant club as well so it's helped me learn how to um to speak to people who aren't necessarily clued into what you are actually talking about mm. Um, so I found that really helpful, but I was very nervous. And, um, and did you enjoy it? You were nervous, but did you enjoy it on the night? Or yeah, I did. But I think, as most people do when they're nervous, I spoke a little bit too fast, okay, and I naturally yeah. speak fast. I know that. Um, and so I think I might have gone a little bit too fast, but I I got some good feedback at the end. So <laughs> did you get any surprising questions? Um, not that I recall. Um. I think a lot of them had to do with, um, you know, the, well, so the the UK 30 by 30, which is 30% protected areas by 2030. We had, okay. um, I just co-authored a report on that. So there are a couple of questions about 
about okay. that where the UK government is moving in terms of you know act actually protecting the um, marine and terrestrial environment versus what they say they're doing mm-hmm. and so there was a lot um, about that but most of the questions unfortunately were coming from uh, unfortunately great for me but like probably unfortunately for the audience were coming from people who might have already worked uh, okay. in the area yeah. um yeah. um so yeah that's that's too bad but afterwards it was nice to have a pint and actually have people come up yeah. and chat um because i think sometimes um anyone even myself you think your question is stupid and so you don't want to ask mm-hmm. it in front of a room full of people um so afterwards i think that's the great part of pint of science is you are having a pint you're just hanging out and you can actually have a, a smaller conversation um yeah And what about you, Stefan? Were you used to do that kind of things? Were you nervous? What What was your experience? Not used at all, no. Uh, presented on the research loads and loads of times, but never in this kind of forum. Definitely, definitely nervous. <laughs> I was also the MC for the event that I was uh, presenting at, and okay. that gave me something else to think about, maybe worry yeah. about. My own presentation became a bit secondary because I was worried about the timing and doing everyone justice. I thought also, at least in the Guildford um, events, I found it really comforting, reassuring, just the total freedom that we had to express ourselves, present ourselves, present our work in the way that we wanted. Time was the only constraint. So that was mm-hmm. the only you know additional worry that we had. And the audience, I think, to be honest, my research, my topic, it's an easy one to engage the public with because people know about dementia, people are yeah. thinking about dementia, people are worried about dementia. So people were definitely plugged in and the response was absolutely fantastic. They forehead their brows when I wanted them to, they chuckled when I wanted them to. <laughs> and also, I mean, indirectly, and I do have that idea of combating the stigma surrounding yeah. dementia at, at the back of my mind, But I, I, I would certainly wasn't thinking about that when I put the presentation together, but it was fantastic. I mean, I could see the people understood that our project had given our participants just an opportunity to express themselves without worrying about memory, without yeah. worrying about orientation. It was just pure creativity, and that produced really powerful stories. And I think the audience got that and even, in a, in a way, felt reassured about Know, some of their own nerves about dementia maybe would just have the edge taken off them as well. Yeah. And did you get any special questions you didn't expect? Um, I think I think people, I think I could just see on people's faces, maybe they read the title, you know, dementia and creativity. Yeah. I could just see on people's faces that they were really surprised at the you know, really resilient and powerful creative abilities of our participants. I don't think they were expecting. Basically, we had we got eight people in different groups. We put eight people together on a weekly basis, and they made a story, which is not something I don't think I could do. And these people, obviously, as the project developed, they began to create real works of art together. And I think that you know, I could see in people's faces that they were pretty amazed by that, and so they should be. Yeah, and it's funny, everyone, um, I think the speakers, we often hear that they are nervous because um, I think the thing is, a lot of speakers think, you know, we might have to uh, be careful with the noise. You know, we're in a pub, so people might not be very aware of what we're doing or like very 
you know, silent or listening to what we say. And then the first second where you have the speaker that starts talking, it's very silent and everyone is listening. And it's amazing because often this is why striking people because they, they think, oh, okay, I thought, you know, people would be a bit like uh, discussing, drinking a, a drink and discussing with friends and maybe not paying attention as much. And we have attendees that really pay attention because they really want to listen to you. And it's amazing <laughs> because then it's just like, you know, you have the speaker starting to talk and it's just the magic there where the room goes quiet and it's amazing because it's a, a really great public um, for you. So for both of you, uh, it was the first time you were talking to that kind of audience. Looking back, so it's only a year, but what did it bring to you? Did you did it help with like wanting to you know do more of that? Did it help doing more science communication? I see you nodding, Constance, so yeah. Yeah. Um, like, so since I've done Pine of Science, I've actually gotten more involved in like science communications in general. So I've done mm -hmm. a couple of podcasts, uh, different podcasts uh, and episodes and interviews. And I've written for some, um, some little like local magazines, um, mm -hmm. just about what I'm up to and about conservation, you know, marine conservation in general. Um, yeah. and so, and yeah, I, I don't think I would have thought that that was something possible. And, you know, if I hadn't done Pine of Science first uh, you know and thinking also huh there are people out there who actually care you know who are <laughs> interested in what I'm doing because most you know academia can be a very uh, very isolating you know yeah. outside of academia yeah. um your PhD thesis or your work tends to be you know a very usually is very niche and you know and you interact with people who are in you know in your field like yeah. in the marine science field you know, it's like a six degrees kind of thing, kind of everyone knows each other or yeah. knows somebody who knows somebody. And so it was nice to be able to talk about what we're at, what we're doing um, with other people who have, you know, probably had no idea that this was a thing that you could even research. And um, during our Pine of Science event, so ours was sold out, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. But there were people of all ages. Um, and there, so there were some undergrads, but there were even, I don't think they're children because I don't believe children were allowed because of the... Yeah atmosphere but you know young young people yeah. um, who probably never thought about marine conservation as a career path um that you know yeah. like oh wow I can actually do something like this this is cool and also telling them you know just if you don't like maths and you're not very good at like physics or biology <laughs> or whatever there are other avenues yeah. within that you know, it, within that field where you can go into marine social sciences or you can go into um, journalism or, you know, there's all these different um, uh, sub-disciplines that, you know, yeah. that are involved with protecting the marine environment. And I think getting that out as well is really important. I think it's what's great with Pine of Science is that people are actually meeting scientists. That is not something that they do very often and they can ask questions about. Um, often we see people asking questions um, about, you know, your path, your background. Uh, how did you, you know, in, in Paris, we have that every year. Um, how did you decide to do research on that subject, for example? Uh, you know, very like questions about the person and the, the, the human researcher behind the science and it, I think it's pretty good because it's about the science but it's about the people as well so it's it's very nice to be able to connect between the public and the researchers not just for the science but for the whole experience of it and you Stefan so you it, it was your your first time yeah absolutely yeah what happened since <laughs> I mean definitely I think the relaxed almost like an ethos of pint, pint of science I think is something that's translatable to other 
academic events. I think it can only make our presentations of our work to whoever we're presenting to more engaging, more articulate, more fluid, and help people to interact with us. So I've definitely tried to hold on. I was just uh, yesterday, actually, the University of Surrey has just launched a new Center of Excellence on aging, and it's quite a prestigious thing. Mm -hmm. We're doing it in conjunction with the UN, the Global Initiative on Aging of the UN. So yesterday there was a presentation and lots of ambassadors and lots of UN people there. But I tried to hold on to some of that, you know, just human engagement aspect that Pint of Science really brought home. And I think it worked. I mean, like I was saying, I'm lucky because the stuff, my my participants who I just talk on their behalf are charming in their own right. So it's it's easy. Yeah. But uh, I've been able to put it in practice more public engagement in the Bright Bright Club. I don't know if you heard this is a stand-up comedy event. That was nerve-wracking as well. But again, the Pint of Science gave me really good preparation for that kind of thing. And also, I mean, Pint of Science, uh, it was wonderful for me as a health humanitist, uh, a humanities scholar or medical humanities scholar. It was really nice to be able to contribute uh, a kind of a humanities perspective to the Pint of Science uh, portfolio, because which is important for us. Uh, I mean, you know, discourse, certainly in the UK, Recently, the humanities get such a bad rap. Even people mm. who should know better in the government are calling humanities a waste of time and all this kind of stuff. So to be able to talk to a local audience and just show them the power of humanities for the people, yeah. oh, it was a wonderful opportunity and, and they definitely got it. Amazing. So yeah, I think the thing about Point of Sense, so we, we like to usually say it's not the alcohol, it's more like the relaxed atmosphere, because whatever people drink, even if it's a glass of water, uh, just being in a pub or being in a place that doesn't feel, you know, like a conference where are, there are so many other people where, you know, you feel a bit, you feel more cozy and at home in a pub. And this is really the idea. And it's it's nice to see some of the places, you know, some of the conferences thinking about, you know, other ways than just big rooms and, and big conferences, you know, having smaller conferences in, in venues that are a bit more cozy as well than like huge rooms filled with like 400 people. And I think it's really nice. And trying that, you know, discussing with the public and having that discussion, I'm really happy they helped you both doing more uh do you think it's because you've tried to do it and you liked it or or because it just like you know had you had this little sparkle and you just had to do it once to then realize you actually liked it um i would say a bit of both yeah Um, because i hadn't really thought about it before um like i said i don't i didn't really think there was much of an audience for it um and once i started i yeah I, i i was like well you know what i'm actually yeah, I'm relating to people. And because I work in marine conservation, it is, a, I mean, it is a very like natural science um, yep. field, but it, there is, you know, that this political aspect to it as well. And so engaging with the public, engaging with policymakers, um, all that is part of, you know, it's, there's no point in doing the science if the measures put in place to, you know, to carry mm-hmm. it out aren't there. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it hel- it's helped me professionally as well. Um, to be able to learn how to, I guess, demystify marine yeah. conservation. And you, Stefan? Yeah, I, th- I think, I think definitely. I think Pint of Science taps into and stimulates 
you know, academics understanding of the importance of public engagement. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not reinventing the wheel, but I think Pint of Science really just gives us it gives us a perfect platform. And it, maybe it's a little bit specific to the UK. I don't know, but pubs in the UK are such it's like a collective shared living room. Yeah. So it's home. Running it in a pub, I think, is a stroke of genius on both sides, presenters and an audience. Because, like you say, even if we're all just on bread and water, the the you know the the level of relaxation means yeah. that people can really have a dialogue without all the you know complications of status and nerves and all the other stuff getting in the way. So it really is an open conversation in everyone's front room, which is great. Yeah, I think, um, actually, as I was listening to Stephen talk, um, I thought about um, all the other speakers who had, you know, who uh, presented last year with me. And yeah. I realized that scientists aren't dry, um, as dry as, you know, people might think that they are, because, oh, yeah. um, you know, that tends to be, you know, very strict, very, because mm. um, last year, it was a lot of fun. It was funny, funny, like, because people were making jokes about their presentations, mm. um, they were engaging with the public, kind of like playing off their um, the energy and there was a lot of laughing happening and I don't think that that's exactly what maybe the public was thinking at first um the fact that everybody was cracking jokes uh, I think that really helps kind of you know make scientists seem like real people quote unquote if that if that makes sense yeah and I really enjoyed that part of it was to be able to kind of like you say let loose but also not be afraid to crack jokes like my entire title was based on you know, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. The- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had Fred- Freddie Mercury up there, which you probably wouldn't want to do at a conference, depending on yeah. the conference. Um, but yeah, so you could kind of get away with um, finding out your, your fun side. Uh, yeah, I think scientists have a really bad reputation on in, pop- in the pop culture. If you look at movies, if you look at series, you know, it's always the weird guy with glasses that speak in a really weird language. And I think it's really what I love about Pint of Science is that we're really organizing a meeting a meeting between the scientists and the public for them to meet actual scientists and have a real idea of what a scientist is. And actually, there is no proper idea of what a scientist is because every scientist is different. And it's nice to see the diversity as well, you know, not just always the same people, see a diversity of people, uh, diversity of voices and interests. And I think I, I, I actually really love that about Pint of Science. Yeah, and I would say as well, I think you're absolutely right. It's for the public to meet scientists, scientists and researchers. And it's science communication, but at least in my experience, it was a really democratic experience. Yes. It wasn't a monologue, scientists to public. It was a real dialogue. And goodness, I mean, to, to we're all thinking about public engagement, but the pint of science really makes it a two-way engagement yeah. because, as Constance was saying, you know, people making coming up and maybe after the presentation, but asking really good questions and maybe even making us reflect a bit on yep. our work and having an input. So I think it really is a democratic dialogue between you know public and presenters that is oh, it's fantastic. Long may it continue. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's a feedback we hear from uh, from speakers often is that they didn't think that they would get something from it, but then they realized that 
first having to step back from their project and you know see the big picture it really helps and then they said as well that sometimes the questions from the public and the dialogue with the public was actually helping them see their project in a different angle and often we have we have speakers that say actually now i've seen my project in a slightly different way and i didn't think that it could come from a lay audience, you know, someone that uh, doesn't know, they understand, but they don't know anything about the project. They ask me questions that made me question my project in a way that I would never have imagined. So this is always amazing when we hear that because the idea really for Spine Science is not just informing the public, it's really having an open forum where they can meet scientists, but also scientists can discuss the science, can discuss um, can discuss project, can discuss really a lot of things and get inspired from that as well and go back to the lab and work on that and maybe come back next year or start organizing or, you know, um, whatever they want to do. But, you know, having a two-way interaction is really important for us. So thank you for highlighting that. We're arriving to the real, real end of this podcast. So I, I have to thank you both. I think you have Evans both of you, you're participating in events, so maybe you want to give details. So, Constance, yes. So, I'm like I said, I won't unfortunately be able to make it because I'll be uh, I won't be in England at the time. But uh, King's College London um, is presenting um, another uh, installment of Pint of Science this year. Um, so, we've got uh, two: uh, the Geography Department doing Planet Earth, um, and so mm -hmm. they'll be talking about climate change field work and people of people in nature, and that's at the uh, Devereux Pub off the Strand. Um, in uh, near King's College London and the uh, Department of Political Economy, Languages, Literatures and Cultures. They'll be doing um, one called Our Society at Loading Bar, Stoke Newington. And those will be running from, I think, I think it's seven to nine. I, I think they're all seven yeah. to nine. Yeah. yeah, 22nd, 24th of May. So those, yes. those, those will be in London. Thank Check. you. <laughs> and you seven. Well, I'm both a wonderful and a terrible ambassador for the Pint of Science <laughs> events in Guildford. Wonderful because you've just got to go along. There's a Pint of Science event in every single pub in Guildford towards the end of May. But I'd have to ask you to check the Pint of Science website for details. Exactly. exactly. I, I know I'm, I'm doing the emceeing event on the 23rd. Uh, and that's, that is like a medical humanities focused event. So if that's your cup of tea, come along to that one, but have a look at the website. And, but yeah, and anyway, uh, wherever you are in the UK, you can check on the website, pintofsense.co.uk. Pint of Sense is running from the 22nd to the 24th of May. And then you have Creative Reactions, which is this, the art and science uh, part of Pint of Science that might start a bit before and finish a bit after. But anyway, check on the pintofsense.co.uk website. And if you're listening to that podcast from anywhere else in the world, you have the pintofsense.com website where you have the 26 participating countries that will do Pint of Science at the same time as UK. So do check there. You have all the individual websites and all the individual events. And we have over 400 cities this year in to Pines World so we're hoping you will be in one and thank you for listening and thank you Stefan and thank you Constance for this amazing podcast and everything you shared with us thank you thanks so much thanks to you Elodie bye 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 <laughs>